Welcome to the BizTimes MKE Podcast and another episode of the Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and I'm joined on the Weekly Debrief, as always, by BizTimes Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Great. Glad the weekend is uh, is upon us. It's been a, another busy week for us here. Busy week. We are getting our February 27th issue out the door to the printers. Um Lots of news this week. So yeah, we are certainly keeping busy. Uh, we'll dive right in with our insider story spotlight. That is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that are available only to BizTimes insiders. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that support. It helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, please do consider subscribing. The equivalent of $9 a month will get you access to all of the stories on our website, biztimes.com discounted admission to some of our events, and other insider benefits. So please do consider it. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? An interesting one that came up was a plan to build an air cargo facility uh, at Milwaukee Mitchell International Airport, specifically at the former 440th Airlift Wing Base site, which is just north of College Avenue, um, at the south end of really the airport grounds, if you will, the 440th was uh, part of the U.S. Air Force Reserve, and they operated that base from the 50s until 2010, uh, and the base at that point was closed down. The land was deeded back to Milwaukee County. The county has been trying to get some development there and hasn't really gotten much to happen there. Now there's Crow Holdings, developer out of uh, uh, Dallas, is planning to build an air cargo facility there, um, which could be a it's a speculative development. Could be multiple tenants, could be a single tenant, but you know it'd be interesting to see how this works. Um, you know, CBR is marketing it, and you know it'd be interesting to see how it goes. Who gets involved and wants to utilize that facility for air cargo shipments. You know, I think they're going to try to position it as here's a facility at an airport near a freeway, not far from Chicago, frankly. It might be a facility that's you can avoid some of the Chicago congestion and go with a Milwaukee air cargo facility. So as a, you know, as a logistics uh, facility. So Interesting to see how this does over there. So that's my pick for the week. Yeah, certainly. Interesting story. Interesting thing to continue to follow. Like you said, I mean, there's so much tension paid to supply chains over the last couple of years. Right. Um, and if nothing else, having the options, having, you know, I think more and more people are looking for um, optionality and, and you know, different options to go through. Um, not going to mention the word option four times in the span of 10 <laughs> seconds. Uh, but the point being, you know, you, you want, you don't want to be stuck with just one way of getting things into the country, moved around the country, things like that. So, uh, my insider story spotlight this week focuses in on a story from our real estate reporter, Cara Spoto, reporting that do developers are looking to raise the, uh, historic Miller Tavern building in the third ward, uh, not too far from our Biz Times offices. This is a proposal to um, raise building. It's at 266 East Erie Street, um, kind of right on a, a 
a triangle corner that's right across from uh, Myad uh, there. Um, so it's got um, some plans for a, a different kind of building. We're kind of waiting to get some more details, and Kara's going to continue to report on it um, in terms of what exactly they want to put in its place. But the uh, idea is to potentially raise that building. So Kara's got details on that on our website. Um, this is a building that was constructed in 1884, survived a fire in the third ward. So kind of interesting thing. And these stories of historic buildings are something that the car has been digging into a lot lately. Um, and kind of what, what gets saved and what doesn't is an interesting question that uh, was perplexing sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a, a building that's been looked at previously as the possible demolition target, I guess, if you will. Um, I think the, the tavern's been closed for a while now. Um, but it's got an interesting history. Um, it's got an LGBTQ history. So some folks in that community are interested in seeing it preserved. And um be interesting to see how it plays out. But the building appears to be in very rough shape. You hate to lose historic buildings. Historic buildings are extremely valuable um, to any city, any community, because you just can't replace them. They're they're one of a kind, and you know you just you can't uh, you can't replace that history. And when you have it, it's valuable and unique. And every historic building in your city at one time probably was in pretty bad shape, and people were ready to give up on it. So it's it's always a, well, these are tough calls. Um, you prefer to see them go the preservation route and save it and make it a viable building again. But at some point, buildings can't be saved. So it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out and, and, and what occurs there. But it's, it's going to be a tough, going to be tough to save. It, it looks like it's, uh, it's an endangered species at this point. Yeah. Well, let's move on then to our big story of the week. And it's one that I think has been, Probably talked about all over Wisconsin, really. Um, started on Tuesday, the governor's office, Governor Tony Evers, announced that his budget proposal would include a plan to provide a one-time $290 million cash payment to the uh, Southeast Wisconsin Professional Baseball Stadium District, which is the entity that... Uh, owns, controls, um, American Family Field. And before we go any further on this discussion, uh, I'm just going to throw out a blanket waiver for both of us for any references to Miller Park, because um, <laughs> it's going to happen. One of us is going to do it for sure. Uh, I'm, so, I'm going to try my best to, to go with Ampam Field, but uh, I make no promises. Um, so $290 million cash payment to the stadium district to fund upgrades, repairs, um, work of American Family Field. Um, and ultimately, so there's been, this has been kind of in the works for a while. Um, even, you know, dating back to this past summer, there was talk of a report that the brewers and the stadium district were putting together that kind of um, figured out all of the long-term capital maintenance needs of the stadium. Um you back up even further, there was the, the sales tax, the five-county sales tax that was put in place to fund the construction of the stadium and some maintenance. And 
that was sunsetted a few years back now. Um, and so there's no real like big revenue source for the stadium district. And the brewers are actually a tenant of um, the district. And um, part of that lease agreement is that the, the district is obligated to make certain improvements and repairs and things to the stadium. So they have a, co- a contract that says they're supposed to um, fund these things. And they went and did a report and found, I think it's like $428 million in projects that need to be done over the next 18 years or so um, to keep the stadium up to MLB standards, to keep, you know, make the repairs as things reach the end of their useful life, things like that. Um, problem being, they only have $70 million um, in, in their reserve. Um, so there's this gap of funding. Um, so the plan is that the state would give this $290 million um check essentially to the stadium district to help fund those repairs. They've already got the 70 million. Um, and then that the capital plan that is put together uh, for the next 18 years or so um, would be covered by that pile of money, um, which if you do the quick math on that, a $428 uh, million dollar price tag uh, is more than the 290 and the 70 million. Um, so filling that gap becomes a bit of a challenge and allowing for a contingency of some sort, um, is a bit of a challenge. Um, so the state's plan is that because they're providing cash, um, the district will be able to earn, you know, some interest, invest that in some way and make up the difference. Um, and so that the state is essentially saving some money because they are providing the money up front, not going the route of bonding and borrowing. Um, this money as they go and having to pay interest on it. They're going to hopefully the district will earn interest instead. And um, eventually, you know, this full project gets done. It's not really one big project. It's a lot of small projects spread out over an 18 year period. Um, but it, uh, the big thing that, you know, beyond the stadium improvements that the state and the community get, uh, the brewers would extend their lease with the stadium district through 2043. It currently runs through at least 2030. Um, and they'd sign a non-relocation agreement. Um, team also will have to commit to some level of its own um, discretionary improvements um, to the stadium. There's kind of the stuff that has to get done and the stuff that that's kind of nice to have the nice to haves. I think the brewers fund um, the things that are required in the contract, the, the district funds, um, so that's a, a lot, uh, you know, of pieces to this deal and kind of what they're planning to do. Um, there's uncertain future for this deal. We'll get to that in a minute, but Andrew, what's your, um, kind of, what was your initial reaction? We got this news this week, um, $290 million in state money, um, to fund stadium upgrades. My initial reaction was, wow, that is a very large dollar figure the cost to build the stadium was 392 million i believe and so here we are talking about 290 million dollars committed by the governor in this budget there's another 70 million dollars as you mentioned sitting in reserve to be spent on this and then over time 
using those funds as projects are done over time, saving and investing those funds to generate more money via interest. So looking in the neighborhood of 400 some million dollars of work to be done over 18 years or so. I mean, it's a wow. It's an absolute wow thing. And I know, you know, once I heard it, I thought, boy, it's going to be controversial. There's just, there's nothing like hundreds of millions of dollars for stadiums, hundreds of millions of, of taxpayer dollars for sports stadiums that, you know, gets people upset and generates controversy because, you know, as much as I'm the biggest sports fan there is, uh, I love the Brewers and, and the Bucks and the Packers and all that. And as great as it is to have them, um, and all the benefits they bring, you know, every taxpayer dollar that is spent on a sports stadium is a taxpayer dollar that could have theoretically been spent on something else or could have been rebated back to the taxpayers. So you have to ask, you know, is this is this really a good idea? There are obviously a lot of benefits from having the brewers in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin. Um, and the work that will be done will be beneficial. There will be, you know, firm construction firms to get to work on these projects. So that will be beneficial. But, you know, there is going to be quite a discussion about <clears throat> this whole proposal. And, you know, one of the things that I know immediately jumps to people's minds is, well, why don't the brewers just pay for this? And you point out there's a, the brewers are tenants. There's a lease. And the lease stipulates that this is the responsibility of the stadium district. That means us, the taxpayers, to take care of the building, which does make you wonder, back when the stadium was first approved and the legislation for it, why didn't someone think to require the team to pay for these things? And, you know, it's the taxpayers built the stadium. That was a lot of money. Um, why are the taxpayers also required to continue to fund these improvements going forward? That is, that is something that is, is regrettable that that was put in the deal, but it's in the deal. So the brewers say, Hey, uh, you know, stadium district, AKA taxpayers, you're supposed to be responsible for taking care of this, this facility. It's 22 years old now, and we're looking at, you know, their lease is coming up. Okay, they're, I mean, 2030 is still several years away, but the brewers are looking at that and saying, hey, if you want us to stay past that, we'll agree to extending our lease, but we want to make sure that you, taxpayers, are going to be paying for and spending the money on these uh, required maintenance and upgrades that are going to need to be done over that period of time. But, you know, the the biggest reaction is, wow, that's a huge chunk of money that we were talking about yet again spending on the stadium. It is certainly a huge chunk of money. Here's a number that's even bigger. <laughs> the report that the brewers um, in the stadium district put together that lays out all the projects that has to get done puts the cost to build an entirely new facility like American Family Field meets Major League Baseball standards, has 40,000 seats, a retractable roof, um, 
1.55 to 1.6 billion dollars if you started to work last year. Right. So they're going to use that to argue, hey, this is like a, a, a bargain. Just spending a measly, uh, okay, I'll come out to be 400 million dollars in taxpayer money over a 18, 20 year period. Um, as opposed to spending one and a half billion to build a brand new stadium, boy, we're, we're getting a pretty good deal that we just, just have to spend the money to maintain our existing stadium. And I think that number is fairly legit when you look at some of these other stadiums that are getting built around the country. The Buffalo Bills stadium plan jumps to mind immediately that I know that's a billion dollar plus. So this is now apparently what these things cost. So, oh boy, it's, it's just an awful lot of money. And you look at the Brewers and you go, okay, the value of the Brewers, what's happened to the, you know, Mark Antanasio's group, the, the group he leads, bought the Brewers for 200 some million in, what was it, 2005? And Forbes now estimates that the team's worth something like $1.2 billion. So the value of the team has certainly gone up and his investment has paid off uh, and the stadium that the taxpayers built and now are going to continue to maintain is a big, big reason for that. So I, I, it's legit to me to say, wow, why are the brewers being involved more in paying for this? Even though the deals, the, 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 the lease stipulates this is on the taxpayers, the stadium district to maintain this facility, but you'd like to see, you know, more involvement from the Brewers in it from that respect. Well, I mean, we got a team that's not paying its Cy Young winning pitcher um, the extra 750000 a year he wants. Uh, it's a little different story when it comes to millions for an arena, a stadium, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's an alarming thing. And, I mean, I don't want to turn this into a sports conversation. Complain <laughs> about the Josh Hader trade and complain about – Having Corbin Burns in uh, arbitration, I'll just throw it out there a little bit. I don't want to make a big sports conversation about it, but yeah, I mean, it kind of makes you wonder. Well, if they're if they're if if they're stressed on paying the salaries, you know, and 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 trying to compete with other teams that have more resources, then obviously they might not have the financial resources to pay hundreds of millions of dollars for stadium upgrades that are needed long-term. So if we're going to keep, we've kept the Brewers here now, you know, 50 plus years, including 22 years at this stadium, American Family Field, I still haven't slipped. Um, (laughs) If we're going to keep them here for another 20, apparently this is something we're going to be faced with. Yeah. And part of what makes this, you know, it's kind of you walk around American Family Field. Uh, it's been a few years since I've been there, but um, I mean, it doesn't exactly scream out that it's a it's a dump to you, right? Like, it still looks Absolutely. good, looks in good condition. The report they put together actually points out they have had a robust, you know, pre- preventative maintenance program. Um, the reality is, you know, things age, technology advances, parts get, you know become obsolete and you can't get new ones, um, things like that. And then there's a bit of an arms race. Um, you have, I mean, some stadiums that were built 
just a few years before this, the, the stadium, some of the stadiums opened in the mid nineties, the Braves in Atlanta, um, the Rangers in Texas, um, have moved into new stadiums, um, already, you know, and that as well, like, you know, they had a basically a 20 year life and they're off into brand new, new build kind of things. Um, and so part of the, 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 the way that the requirements are is, you know, it's based on like percentages of stadiums that have things um, and having to, to meet those. Um, so you know, if, if MLB says everyone needs X and everyone's got X and you got to kind of, you know, meet the standard. Um, yeah, so that's, that's part of the trick. That's another really questionable thing that was put into this deal. Like, boy, if every, if we got to have our stadium has to be up in the top 25% or whatever it is of other stadiums. And we got to have all the bells and whistles that every other team has. Every team in every community that has one of these sports teams probably has a deal like that with their team and their facility. And everyone's chasing each other to try to <clears throat> keep up with each other. So yeah. it gets I'm not, I'm not sure how much of it's a, uh, our choice kind of thing versus a, uh, an MLB standard kind of mm. thing, which would make sense for the league, right? Like would make sense for a league to mandate, Hey, everyone who's in our, in our club has to keep up this standard versus, you know, having some cheap owner who doesn't want to um, upgrade the stadium and just, you know, sucking money out and having putting a terrible product in the field and that kind of yeah. thing. So, I mean, I guess it depends on, what you're talking about as far as these standards go, I mean, <clears throat> there are things like we've got a roof that opens and closes. So obviously that's very expensive and there's mechanical mechanicals to it that that wear out and need to be maintained. And there's boilers and there's other infrastructure that you can imagine, okay, those things wear out and they're reasonable, but does it mean we have to have the same kind of scoreboard and sound system that other stadiums have? I mean, at a certain point, some of those things sound more like nice to haves rather mm-hmm. than they must have. And I, I do think, you know, okay, if we start to move this conversation into how we think this is going to play out, I do think one thing that's going to get examined is, okay, what exactly is this money being spent on? And some of these things, I think you can argue, okay, these are real building things. And this is the, this is the city and in, in the, the district's building that needs to be maintained. And some of these other things that I think are being listed as projects are somewhat questionable as far as must haves versus nice haves. So I can wow. see, you know, when this legislation gets, you know, when this deal gets approved or not, there will probably be an examination of specific projects that should be included in this funding and, and things that shouldn't be, and that should be determined to be responsibilities of the brewers of the tenant. Yeah. I mean, and there's a, there's a line item for led sports lighting, $2 million. Yeah. To me, that is not, I mean, that's a requirement for the taxpayers. If we're paying $2 million to have those lights that, that can go on and off when when there's a home run. I think they already have that, don't they? The, the yeah, they got the flashing yeah, got the, mm-hmm. the lights. That's it drives me nuts. I'm, 
let's let's avoid the sports talk radio um, conversation. Um, but I'm not a fan of that. Saying, that's what I'm saying. Stuff like that is just because every other stadium has it. Should that's we not a must have to yeah. play a baseball game, right? Okay, you also the have to in the facility, the boilers, and the roof. Yeah, that's necessary. Yeah, you also have to wonder how much here is negotiation, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, it has to be four twenty-eight, the uh, contingency four forty-eight. Well, or is it really is the you know the must-have three hundred million, and you know there's there's some wiggle room there. There's some of this is like. Oh, I, I, nice I, I don't think there's any question that everything in this thing is going to be negotiated. And I mean, first of all, I mean, let's move this conversation into how we think it's going to play out. Okay. First of all, we know the governor introduces this in his budget. Okay. That's nice. But we also know that the Republicans control the legislature and the Republicans really don't care too much what is in the governor's budget. I mean, if we've, if past practice means anything, they will simply throw his budget in the trash and they will come up with their own budget. Now, there may be some things that Evers has in his budget that they actually like and that they'll include. But, you know, they're going to write their own budget and they're going to pass it and then they're going to hope that he signs it. And if he doesn't sign it, he vetoes it, then they'll try to override his veto. Well, so I really think the Republicans will come up with their own, because they haven't you know, they're balking at this thing, but they aren't out now. It's, if you listen to like Robin Voss, for example, I mean, they're saying, you know, we still want to f- keep the brewers in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we want to find a solution. And they are sort of miffed that they weren't involved in the talks yet, that the governor just kind of threw this out there. So they're going to want to have their involvement in coming up with this deal. And I think you can look at things like the total cost. I think they're going to push to lower. I think you're going to see them try to get the Brewers, even though Lelise says that this is on the stadium district. I think they're going to try to get the Brewers to put some of their own money into some of these things. Or they're going to, like I said before, they're going to examine the specific projects that this should go for. I also think there's going to be pressure to get local skin in the game, local government, say Milwaukee, Milwaukee County, whatever, to provide funds for this, just look at how Pfizer Forum was handled. Now, we all know that the city of Milwaukee and Milwaukee County don't have any money whatsoever <laughs> to pay for any of this. They are in severe financial distress. They are, in fact, screaming that they need more shared revenue from the state or they need to increase sales tax to provide a new revenue source, whatever. So they certainly don't have money for this. but an idea that I've brought up several times and others have, I'm not the only one that's done this and that there's, there's no sign of this in this deal right now is why isn't there some kind of piece of this where the brewers take the gigantic um, site that is the stadium site. When you take the stadium and the parking lots and it's just, it's, it's massive. And most of the year it's not used because there's only, you know, 81 regular season home games in a baseball season the rest of the year, that just sits empty. The trend is around the country for stadiums to have development done around the stadiums. And we've seen that in Wisconsin. They've got the Deer District and you've got the Titletown District in Green Bay. The Bucks and Packers are doing this and several other teams 
sports facilities in the country are doing this. The best example I can point to is Atlanta, where they have stadiums that there are anchors of mixed-use developments. Well, obviously, most of the parking around American Family Field is still going to be needed for parking. But <laughs> you could take some of that, and I've I've really looked at if you look at the freeway, the stadium freeway between that and the river. So basically, immediately east of the stadium. And then adjacent to that is the former Komatsu site. Komatsu just moved to a new headquarters in the city of Milwaukee in the Harbor District. And there's a huge site there for, it's got to be redeveloped at some point. The logical thing would be to do something tied in with the stadium, which is right there. So, you know, why isn't there a push to have the brewers develop that with some kind of mixed-use you could have a hotel, you could have retail restaurants, maybe some residential, maybe office, I don't know, baseball themed things, maybe all part of that. And then use property taxes from that property tax revenue via TIF, tax incremental financing. That could provide, obviously, that's not going to provide all the money needed for this, but it would provide some. It would be a local piece to the puzzle. Um, I think you're going to see pressure to have some local skin in the game on this. And to me, that would be the logical place to get it. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things I think are going to come up. And I think eventually they get a deal done. And I think it does happen eventually. But those are some of the things I think are going to be negotiation and talking points. Yeah. I just, I wonder the whole, uh, the, the beer district concept that, um, for an yeah, entertainment, that's what you know, I'm talking about. Yep. yeah, I wonder, uh, just the timeline for developing something like that weighed against the need for funding to, you know, meet these needs in the short run. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how that actually lines up. I don't, I haven't seen anyone that's actually done the math to like, you know, when, yeah. at what point would you, that kind of thing generate return, enough return that it could go towards the stadium, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think yeah, that's I one challenge for sure. I mean, complicating a factor. Um, the other thing that might, I mean, you think about the local skin of the game and the, you know, the, I think the, the idea is that the brewers have no interest in reviving the five County um, sales tax, <laughs> um, yeah. which they put that in the release. They made a point of they that. Know how um, poisonous that is. Yeah. That's, that's not, a, that's a no go, but, you know, Milwaukee County, City of Milwaukee, have looked at wanting, you know, that a, that freedom to at least have a referendum. I mean, could you imagine that maybe? Like, a, you know, uh, an ability to at least that that's the key to unlocking um, some of the other, maybe it may, maybe it pays for that, but also cultural assets in the city. Yeah, right. You know, the problem is there's just so many other needs. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, you've got, just the budgets of the city and county are severely stressed. Um, and there's massive needs for, you know, I, I think there's so much debate right now about police funding. Um, but, you know, they, they certainly could use more of that. And because the police, the police funding takes up a, a, an enormous piece of the city's budget right now, just massive. And, you know, it's probably still not adequate to the city's needs. So, and many other things that, you know, 
I'm sure, you know, look at just look at the the slow pace of street repairs in the city of Milwaukee and the mass number of potholes and there, there there's so many things the parks the Milwaukee County Park system has been badly underfunded for years and then the parks have decayed. I mean you can go on 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 about mm-hmm. bird maintenance and and the ways that the city and, and and county are strapped financially so I mean yeah, you could go and the cultural assets is another one. Um, you know, you talk about the Mitchell Park domes. Um, you know, we're in the process of trying to raise funds for a new market public museum. It seems like the lo- the the government funding seems to be there for that one, but they're trying to raise private funds for it now as well. But you know, it's just this kind of combination of things that there's there are other needs and. I mean, I think the the idea of a sales tax has been floated to address those needs and not to do yet another state <laughs> thing. So if you did it, if you did say, okay, let's do a sales tax again for the stadium, it would have to be part of, you know, addressing all these other problems. It would, it would have to be a part of that bigger picture because I, I don't think people are going to stand for that to be done while these other Just for the stadium. Yeah. more pressing issues still aren't addressed. Yep. And it'll be interesting to see. So the governor proposed this as part of his budget. Like we talked about, that's probably, you know, gets scrapped uh, the whole thing and he, the joint yep. finance committee comes up with their own version. Um, when, if, the, when, or if this becomes its own standalone bill at some point, um, what does that do to the politics of it all? But, you know, weigh against like when it's in the budget, that's, that's one scenario. When it's out of the budget, um, you get a lot more in some ways room for negotiation and compromise. And because it's not part of some kind of must pass thing, it's a standalone. Um, there's less pressure on it, but you also maybe get different, you know, alignment of, of voting um, and voting interests can be a little different um, versus just party line. So yeah, a lot of I, interesting I, pieces. I, I think it should be standalone. Um, and I know you and I were discussing this earlier in the week, but well, you know, should this, is this a budget thing or not a budget thing? I, I, I think it should be a, a standalone, but I do think that makes it harder. And I also think that makes it, where, yeah, like you say, there's going to be a different mix of support for it, that it probably won't be straight party line. I think you're going to see it's going to be bipartisan, and I think you're going to have people on either aisle, both sides of the aisle, on both sides of the issue. It mm-hmm. is, you know, for, for, for different reasons. Um, so I think it's, it, it, it becomes much more complicated, but, I think that's the right way to do it. And I think that's the way it, it probably will happen, but I could be wrong. It could, maybe the Republicans will keep it in their budget. We'll see. We will see indeed. Uh, until then, that'll do it for this week on the BizTimes MKE podcast and the weekly debrief. Andrew, thanks for joining me as always. You bet. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.